Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini and I am about to state what might be the most obvious thing I've ever said in one of these podcasts. Being the parent of a special needs child is incredibly difficult, period. The fortunate thing, though, is when you find out that you're not alone, that there are other parents, other people, couples, friends, relatives, and even total strangers who share this incredible experience with you. It's like feeling you finally found someone you can talk to when you're surrounded by people who are clueless and uncaring. That's the concept of a new website that's taken the Internet by storm. The Mighty is a blog for parents of special needs children that's only been online for just over a year, and yet they already have hundreds of contributors, thousands of articles, and over 30 million readers. According to Mike Porath, the founder of The Mighty, the idea was to create an online forum where people involved with special needs children could share their ideas, their experiences, and try to help others cope with their own problems. He came up with the idea while dealing with his own daughter's challenges with a rare genetic disorder. Now, you can read about that on The Mighty in the About Us section. But right now, Mike Porath joins us on this episode of Special Parents Confidential to talk about The Mighty and what he hopes readers will find when they browse it. I started off by asking him where he got the idea for the name The Mighty. The name of The Mighty uh, came about from my wife and I sitting across the dinner table after putting the kids down and, and really just thinking about what kind of a name would resonate for us. And um, we knew from the very beginning that we wanted a name um, that was more positive in nature. And, you know, um, if we had called it something like uh, disabilitiesanddiseases.com, I think it would kind of give off the wrong connotation. So we, uh, we also wanted to focus on people, not so much on conditions. And we felt like um, the word mighty kind of uh, struck out to us as something that, um, or stuck out to us as something that, uh, kind of had, you know, the elements of, like, strength and joy and the kind of things that we really felt about, you know, um, our daughter who faces um, a whole range of challenges. And um, and so, yeah, it started with that, and then um, so it really started with the word mighty, and then I just looked for something that I could buy off of GoDaddy, a domain name, mm. <laughs> that uh, that would work, and um, saw that the one with uh, Be Mighty was available, and then uh, that became our name. That's great. Well, I like the way how you focused on the positive aspects and all that, because I think, unfortunately, sometimes it gets a little too negative once in a while. Yeah, that was the whole idea about um, really building a community um, that was that was based on people, you know, sharing um, honest stories that can sometimes be very difficult, but the, um, they were constructive in nature. They were trying to help people out. They were, you know, sharing some kind of positive perspective on things, um, and uh, so often, you know, in the media and elsewhere, when you see um, things written about, you know, people with special needs or, you know, facing diseases and all that, it, there's just, it kind of comes with this neg- negativity, and um, we wanted to be the opposite of that. And uh, um, so the the name was really, you know, important to us, and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's resonated with a lot of people, so I think it's worked out pretty well. Well, now, when you started The Mighty, you were hoping to have an online resource where parents of special needs kids could talk about their experiences and share their challenges with people going through the same thing. But it's really grown far beyond that idea. You've got hundreds of parents, professionals, survivors, even people with some of the diseases and disorders that we talk about, who've written thousands of articles about their situation, and you've got over 30 million readers. Were you surprised by the growth and the scope of the contributions? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't surprised by the growth of, in terms of the readership. Um, I've, uh, my professional background is in digital media. I've run all sorts of different kinds of websites, 
you know, some of which have gotten up to when I was running all the AOL news properties, we had over a billion page views per month. Wow. So I was familiar with the territory of really large, you know, websites with really large readerships. Um, and I felt like we could provide kind of the stories that would help build that community. Um, the thing that really did surprise me was um, the impact that we were making, not just on people that were reading the stories, but on the writers themselves and the feedback we got from writers. We've had people who have written stories for us. Um, we've helped them get out, um, you know, get those stories out to all sorts of media organizations and elsewhere. We've had people that have gone on the Today Show. We've had people um, who have been featured in People Magazine. Um, and all of those stories have really started on our site. And um, that, you know, that really... Uh, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but it was, it felt so good for the people who are, you know, uh, just some mom who wants to, you know, kind of share a positive story about, you know, her son with Down syndrome and one small moment that really made an impact on her and to get those kind of people, um, uh, to get their stories told in front of uh, millions of other, you know, uh, of other people, that felt really, really good. Right. Well, you know, it's it's funny because uh, it's not something that can be easily talked about in regular conversation with friends or family. And so I think having an online blog like that uh, probably just kind of dispels some of the hesitation that people might have otherwise talking about things personally with friends. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that was, the you know, the thing that um, we really wanted to build off of. We felt like uh, you know, my wife and I, through our, you know, parenting experience, we felt like we got more help from other people in the same condition as we were sharing their stories. And that could be on Facebook or it could be, you know, through email or with a nonprofit that we work with and, you know, a newsletter. We got more help from just understanding other parents' perspectives and what and how they were approaching things than we did from anywhere else. And so the idea of building this platform for others to share their stories, um, it kind of, uh, when they see other people, you know, opening up and, you know, truthfully just being very vulnerable and offering, you know, from the heart kind of stories, it, it gets other people to do the same. And, uh, and those stories share very well across social networks. Uh, people read it and they see it and they say, you know, I'm part of some other, you know, group and they would like to see this. And so they share it. And that's what's kind of, you know, grown a lot of the, the, uh, the audience that we have on the site. Right, and other support groups getting involved too. And what do you hope yeah. that uh, What do you hope that someone who's browsing the mighty for the first time will experience? Uh, I would like them to see that they're not alone. Uh, I would like them, you know, so so many of us uh, don't talk about all the things that we um, experience. Of course, there's a you know the medical you know side of, of different conditions, but so much of it is the emotional side, the day to day, you know, challenges that you may face. And I think that those are the kind of stories that we really try to we try to produce stories that um, hit at those kind of everyday moments. And I would like people just to, you know, see stories and recognize that there are other people going through, you know, similar kinds of challenges, similar kinds of circumstances. And um, and, and, and just, you know, learn to pick up a little insight, you know, from somebody else who's dealing with it. Um, and uh, and, you know, that. That could just be enough to, to maybe change the day for a little bit, for a little better. And, um, you know, if, if someone came to our site for the first time and got that kind of a feeling, I'd feel great about, you know, their experience on the site. That's great. Now, what are some of the subjects that get the biggest responses? Um, the subjects that get the biggest responses are, are ones that are dealing with day-to-day -day, um, 
challenges that or situations that people are in. And um, I'll give you an example. Last month, the end of last month, we had a, a story that was read by three million people within four days. Wow! Um, and it was the most shared story around autism um, anywhere on the web in the last year. And that story was not about autism. The story was about um, a mom who got a birthday invitation, a birthday party invitation, and the other mom who had sent it, um, you know, to her son, who her son has autism, made t- took the time to really put in the invitation that she wants, she understands that, you know, um, this, uh, this other mom's son had challenges, you know, and she wanted to make sure that um, he felt welcome at the party, and and if there's anything she could do, even having him there before the party, um, or or do anything else, she just wanted to know uh, that that you know they would really like you know her son to to attend the party if he could, and that meant the world to this woman. She said it was the first birthday party invitation that she'd ever accepted um, because she felt like in other cir- circumstances that you know things would not go well. And so at the end of the day, that story was not about autism. It was about um, inclusion. It was about um, just having other people relate to what you're dealing with and accept it to some degree and understand it. And um, it just got shared around the web because so many people have been in that kind of a situation. And so those are the stories that just deal with those day-to-day challenges um, that I think – you know, people don't, a lot of people haven't taken the time to articulate what that feels like or what that means or a positive story around it. And so when someone, when we can find someone to articulate that, um, it really just, it, it spreads very quickly across the web. That's fantastic. That's it. That is. And you know, that's, you're right. That would resonate so much because uh, we always wonder that too, sometimes when our son, especially early on when he was having a lot more trouble than he does now. And, uh, whether or not uh, the party would be good for him. So that's just fantastic. Yeah, it, 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 it was just great to, you know, it's, we see it time and time again where um, it just stri- a story like that can strike a chord with people uh, because no matter, you know, even if, you, you know, you're a parent of someone who doesn't have autism, maybe your child has some other kind of special need or, or you could be the person who is going to invite a child with special needs to a party. Um, it's that it, it really just spreads awareness and perspective and gives people an understanding of what other people are going through. And, um, you know, it, it, I, those are the st- stories I'm most proud of because I think uh, people take a lot out of, you know, out of them and, and they, they're, they're meaningful to people. Yeah, that's just such a great idea. Hope a lot of people take up on that. Um, now, you said that virtually all the responses the articles get are overwhelmingly positive, which is rare for online blogging sources. Why do you think the typical Internet flamers are staying away from the mighty? You know, I just I think it's just not a, a good home for them. I think that um, they they would get so drowned out by, you know, people who are very supportive um, and so we have had to delete comments here and there, but very few. And um, it's it's great because uh, it's a community that's very supportive of each other. They're very um, understanding of different perspectives. Uh, and so that, you know, it's gone really well. Now, we have had circumstances where we've had um, – uh, we work with large media companies like Huffington Post and Yahoo and places like that to get our stories on their platforms. And um, there have been occasions where – you know, someone um, leaves a, you know, a nasty comment. And in most cases, it's it's someone that's actually um, seeing the story on another media platform, not within our own community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're certainly fortunate in that the discussion 
um, around you know these stories um, is a is a, a very positive one. We're sensitive to the fact that you know people really are opening themselves up. Um, you know, with with writing stories for us, and we want to make sure that um, they don't feel you know personally attacked or you know in any way when um, when they do that. Right, and I think that's part of the reason why so many people uh, would otherwise hesitate is because you worry: what are the comments going to be? What's the backlash? Are there going to be a bunch of negative people and coming after you online? When it comes to that sort of thing, um, now let's talk about where your articles come from. Do you solicit certain people, or are you contacted out of the blue by individuals who are looking for a place to speak out? We do both. So we have um, we have a, a small editorial team, and we produce our own stories in house. Those are news stories or um, features and things like that that we that are that are staff written. And I'd say about a third of our stories, you know, um, just come from our own editorial team. The other two thirds. Um, do come from contributors. And I think it's a pretty even mix of uh, people that we approach. We see that they might have a blog or we see that they were interviewed by someone. Um, or sometimes we just see that they left a great comment on a story. And we reach out to them and we say, hey, um, we would love to hear more about you know your story, what you have to say. Would you be interested in writing a piece for us um, or taking a blog that they might have on their own site and sharing it with our readers? Uh, and then, um, and it took about six months as we were, you know, we're a little over a year old now. It took about six months of reaching out to people um, before we started getting kind of blind submissions where people would find us and say, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I've got a story to share. And, and you know, reaching out to us. But at this point, you know, we probably get 20 or 30 submissions per day now. Um, we can't publish all of them. And we, we do try to coach contributors on, um, how to frame a story in a way that will get shared, uh, you know, across um, social media and things like that. So um, it's it's really a mix of of contributors that we work with frequently, and uh, and then those who you know find us and um, you know want to kind of share their own story and, and submit pieces to us. That's great. Now, what are some of the articles that you could think would best illustrate what the Mighty is all about and the type of people who are writing for your group? You know, we some stories that do really well that you know again we're proud of are um, ones that uh, that that are very very useful to people. So, for instance, there's a story that one of our writers did. Uh, this was back probably in October or November of last year, um, and it was a it was about a guy who invented a font for people um, who had dyslexia, and. Um, that story, and, and we offered a free download uh, where they could uh, go to his website and, and actually um, download the font so that they could you know, use it on their own computer. And um, that story was shared over 500,000 times over the course of about six months. Um, and I think the reason people shared that one was because um, it, it was something that was so helpful. And if they knew someone who, uh, you know, who was facing dyslexia, um, they thought that you know, this story could you know, could really make an impact for them. Um, and so, you know, we love stories like that. And the other one we talked about a, a little bit, those stories of just the everyday, you know, kinds of activities that, um, that people face, um, whether it's, you know, uh, a mom writing about um, the challenges around, you know, taking a, you know, um, a child with special needs to church, right? Um, that's something that a lot of people face, um, but not, but you don't read a whole lot about how people deal with that. Um, and those kind of uh, stories that, um, again, no one has really articulated up to this point, but lots and lots of people deal with every day, um, those are the stories that I think, um, you know, resonate really well for audiences 
And, and it, it goes to the notion, we try to set this tone of being very open and honest and constructive in terms of, you know, how we deal with tough situations or how our writers approach those kind of topics. And um, when, they can, when they can frame things in that setting of, hey, this is a really difficult thing, but here's what's worked for me or here's how I think about it, um, those stories really feel like, you know, we call them mighty stories. <laughs> those are the ones that match up with what our mission is. Yeah, that's great. And I, yeah, I can understand, you know, I remember seeing that one about the font for dyslexia as well. And uh, I think I even uh, shared it for a few people, too. It's, that was a really good <laughs> You're article. You're one of the 500,000. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know, everyone helps, I guess. <laughs> uh, now, you were inspired to create The Mighty because of your own daughter's challenges with a genetic disorder. How has seeing The Mighty become such a huge influence in so many people's lives changed your own story? Well, you know, I'd say that I'm I'm just very grateful to be in a position where I can combine kind of my professional expertise with something I, I care very deeply about. Um, you know, I, I got started as a journalist, um, as a storyteller. Storytelling has always been a very big part of, um, you know, my life and my professional career. I, I came from working at big news organizations. I worked at ABC News, NBC News, The New York Times, places like that. And to be able to take um, some of the skills that I learned there and apply them to something that I, again, I care very deeply about, which is helping people, you know, frankly, that are, you know, I think of them as my people, right? It's, they got thrown into a tough situation, um, by either having a, you know, child with special needs or maybe getting a diagnosis themselves that, uh, they were, you know, totally unprepared for and figuring their way through it. And, um, to be able to, again, combine, what um, what I've you know spent you know, about 20 years of my career working on um, with something like that that uh, it, it just it feels really really good it doesn't doesn't feel like a job at all it feels like um, I get to you know <laughs> I get to do something that um, I just uh, that I think you know provides a lot of value in people's lives and those are the people that I you know again I kind of feel like that they're my tribe these are <laughs> these are my people right. That's fantastic. Now, are there any specific guidelines that you and your team require for people who are interested in contributing their story or idea? Uh, yeah, we do have um, on our the Contact Us uh, page um, on the Mighty. Um, there's a whole list um, uh, that can give people a lot of guidance around. We give examples of stories that have done really well and, and things like that. In, in general, I'd say that we try to get people to write stories that are somewhere in the 400 to 800 word length. Um, we don't have strict guidelines about that. We publish stories that are over 2,000 words, but very infrequently. Um, at the same time, you know, a story that's only, you know, a caption and a photo um, is, you know, we, we don't um, have the capability to do a whole lot with something like that at this point. We, we hope to as we, um, you know, do more on the, tech, on the technology side, you know, of our website. But in general, it's those stories between roughly 400, 800 words. And rather than trying to tell your whole life story, um, it, it, it seems to work much better if you pick a particular moment, if a writer takes a moment that meant something to them um, and thinks that it could mean something to others and really write about that because it's far easier to kind of frame a story like that than it is to um, try to write your entire, you know, experience from, from birth until, you know, wherever you are in life. Um, it's just hard to, to tell that in a, you know, in an impactful way. Um, so uh, we do... Um, try to do a lot of coaching with our writers. We give them, uh, every month we send out challenges to our contributors around, hey, these are the kinds of stories we'd be interested in. You know, it could be as simple as, uh, 
you know, uh, somebody in your life who has helped you in a in a very meaningful way, and you know, again, and however you're maybe raising a child with special needs or something like that, and someone will write about a teacher, someone else will write about a neighbor, someone else will write about a grandmother, um, and uh, and really get into um, the impact that they felt from from that individual. And again, those are the kinds of stories, and we can pick out those kinds of things um, that really do well. Now, your goal of creating an online forum for parents to talk about their personal situations with their special needs children really has been met already. Where do you see the mighty in the future? Well, we're always going to stick to our core purpose. And, and you know, every, everybody who, you know, kind of joins us in this effort and helping in any kind of way with our site understands that the purpose of the mighty, why we created it, was to help people facing disabilities and diseases and chronic health conditions. And that's never going to change. That is why we exist. And um, I think, you know, where we'll kind of go in the future is we're going to spread into um, doing covering more topics. Um, you know, we started uh, <clears throat> focusing on um, parents of kids with special needs. And I think, you know, we've shown that we can produce very meaningful stories and grow a large, large audience around that. But mm-hmm. we want to expand this to um, any kind of condition that someone may be facing. Um, so we're going to put a little bit more emphasis on that as we go forward. Um, we're going to do a lot more in, in video. Um, people, you know, consume so much great content in, in video form, and uh, um, it can be a little bit more expensive than, than doing stories with text and photos, so we haven't done a whole lot of it at this point, but we do, um, we, we want to expand into, you know, into that area. Um, and in the long run, you know, we also want to, you know, bring a lot more perspectives into the community. So, uh, working with um, doctors and hospitals and places like that, um, therapy centers, working with um, teachers, uh, caregivers of any kind, kind of completing that circle so it's not just, uh, you know, parents that are kind of doing stories, but that people can kind of understand um, all the different perspectives with, with people who are, you know, dealing with, um, uh, you know, people affected by disabilities or, or um, you know, diseases in any way. So those are the kinds of things that we're, you know, that we're, uh, that we're working on. Well, that's great. You know, because it's like, uh, most support groups, you know, there's the parents who come together and they talk about their issues, but a lot of them also invite an expert on a certain subject matter that's related to what the, the parents support group is about. And then they have the, <clears throat> excuse me, they have the experts talk about the subject matter and then the parents get to ask questions right there. Yeah. I mean, we, um, I had a, a great experience, uh, about two weeks ago when, uh, my wife and I uh, took our daughter to see, um, her neurologist. Uh, we live in Los Angeles, so it was at the UCLA Medical Center. Mm-hmm. And over the years, we've become, um, you know, very close to our neurologist. Um, she actually, uh, uh, helps on the nonprofit that, um, that we're a part of and, and, uh, and all sorts of other ways as well. And, mm-hmm. and she actually mentioned that, um, she had heard that more stories from the mighty were being passed around among uh, physicians and researchers and people like that at UCLA, which was, you know, obviously great to hear. And she suggested that we get involved some way because um, she said, you know, there's a gap between the research side um, and clinicians and people like that, and then the actual people who are <laughs> dealing with, you know, the day-to-day challenges of uh, whether it's raising a child with special needs or something else. And, um, you know, she thought that there's an opportunity to really bring the two sides together through the kind of storytelling that we do. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm taking her up on that, and we're, we're going to start working with UCLA in some way. Um, I think it's a good first step um, to, just to, you know, kind of bring the medical community into, into what we're doing. 
Right. Well, that, that's a great idea because I, I know that uh, an awful lot of stress can happen when there is the misperceived communication between the specialists <laughs> and the patients and the families. So I think that's yeah, a fantastic that's right. idea. I mean, you, you put it very politely. I, <laughs> I think some people wouldn't be quite as nice about it. Well, but, uh, but I yeah, have a couple of friends there. who are doctors, so that's why I try to be politically correct. <laughs> yeah, um, but but that's the thing. I mean, she was saying that um, what she really gets, this is our neurologist, what she really gets out of it is she said sometimes, you know, when people come in, they don't talk about um, all of the emotional stuff that they're dealing with, and it helps her you know, as a doctor to understand, you know, wow, this is, um, I didn't understand that, you know, this kind of behavior that your son or daughter may be expressing um, was having that kind of impact in the house, right? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that she's picking up, you know, from our stories that she doesn't always hear directly from, you know, patients. So, uh, so yeah, there's, there's, you know, we're still, um, we're still a, a, you know, relatively young site. So there's a, there's a lot that we can, you know, do going forward, but we are very proud of, you know, uh, what we're doing right now and how many people we've, you know, we've been able to reach. My thanks to Mike Borath for taking the time out of his schedule to talk to us about the Mighty. We have links to the Mighty as well as the articles he talked about in the interview on the page for this episode on the Special Parents Confidential website. As we always do at this point, a reminder that if you like this episode of Special Parents Confidential or any episode we've done, please share our site with your friends, family, and all your connections on social media. You can do this easily with the social media buttons on our website. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on Google+, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pinterest, StumbleUpon, Reddit, or any of the other social media sites you use. You can also sign up for our email service and have new posts and podcast episodes delivered right to your inbox the moment they're available online. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Pod Directory as a free subscription. And if you have a moment, feel free to write a review about our podcast on any of those sites. Anything you can do to help spread the word about Special Parents Confidential will help us to be able to continue to do these podcasts. And that's it for this episode of Special Parents Confidential. I'm John Pellegrini. Thanks for listening.